0: Welcome to Inspiration Rising. I'm your host, David Trotter, and we're here to inspire you to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. I want to tell you a fun little story here to get us started. Last week, my wife, Laura, who's a kindergarten teacher, she was having lunch with some coworkers and one of her colleagues said that she had been feeling a bit down, so she opened up her podcast app and searched the word inspirational. Up popped Inspiration Rising in the results, and she started listening and loving it and feeling better about her life. In particular, she was listening to the episode with Lisa Cummings on focusing on your strengths rather than your weaknesses. Then as she's listening, she realized that I was the host, the husband of her co-worker, my wife, Laura. Now, my wife hadn't even told her about the podcast, and she found out about it through a simple search. Pretty cool, huh? That's the moment I looked at my wife and said, how come you haven't been telling all of your coworkers about Inspiration Rising? I mean, come on, spread the word. <laughs> anyway, fun story. Hey, today I want to introduce you to Michelle Coops, a rebellicious word wizard, international speaker, and founder of Be a Brand Rebel. Michelle has helped hundreds of national and international brands, countless entrepreneurs, and rebellicious professionals by uncovering their true story. And helping them to authentically position themselves as the experts in their field. Now, Michelle lives in the Netherlands, but she happened to be in London when I had the opportunity to interview her. So, we talk a a bit about her travels. In this episode, you're gonna learn why words are so powerful in the process of shaping your life and building any type of brand, organization, or business, the way that words influence the trajectory of our lives, and a very interesting story on how Michelle left a cult, moved out on her own at age 17, and began to think for herself. I also want to thank one of our listeners, Brandy Henry, for introducing us to Michelle. We're always super thankful when listeners refer us to guests and even make introductions. We're super thankful for you, Brandy, so thank you very much. So let's go ahead and jump into my conversation with Michelle Coops. Well, Michelle, thanks so much for taking some time to join us today.
1: Well, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you, David.
0: You are a wordsmith, a lover of words. Let me ask you first, have you always loved words? Did you grow up, like, were you a spelling bee champion or, you know, I don't know if they have that in the Netherlands. Do they have some in
1: the Netherlands? I'm sure they do. I just never really participated in that. But um, for me, it's not necessarily about the technical elements of words but much more about the, the magic that they can do. And for some reason, I, I've always been a storyteller. And well, of course, there are n- a number of ways in which you can tell stories, but my I just fell in love with words for some reason. I know that my mom, of course, I don't remember it myself, but um, my mom told me uh, that when I was two and whenever I couldn't sleep, I would be telling stories to all my stuff, stuffed animals. So it was something that naturally came. (laughs)
0: That is so great. Uh, well, you know, we live in a culture where images and video are just so prominent these days. Yes. Why do you believe that words are so important when we're building a brand?
1: Right. Okay. So, um, uh, there are a number of reasons actually. Well, first of all, I believe that, um, all of these elements in telling your story work well together once you balance them out. So you need images, you need colors, you need all of that, but you could never just, you you need the words as well because, um, you know, the other day I was at the gym, my new gym, I have a new membership. And I was looking at this image that they have on the wall. And I know that their idea, I know that they were trying to, um, um, send a very empowering message of a woman working out and the trainer male helping her. For me, that evoked some feminine and very, I I, I was like, okay, so that doesn't resonate with me. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem with images only. We all have a different way of interpreting them. We create our own stories when we look at images. And when you're building your brand, you want people to have, to know the story you want to tell. Mm -hmm. So to make sure that people grasp the real meaning of your message you need to explain with your words what it is that you're trying to tell people and um of course there is uh yeah so that's one of the reasons because it will help you to unambiguously tell your story Mm -hmm. uh and the second reason is that i believe that there's so much emphasis on um when it comes to branding first of all it starts with you know the intangible elements of your brand so it's all about you know your vision for this world the mission that you have the values etc so those are very intangible you can't really see it then there is the expressive part of your brand and a lot of entrepreneurs think that it's only about the logo for example the coloring the website very very important because that's how you show your personality and as a brand you have a personality as well but the thing is as soon as the words don't match if you're using language in a, in a way that doesn't match that personality that you want to show, no. there is a mismatch. And once that happens there, yeah, the whole, it feels a little bit awkward, becomes incongruent. Mm-hmm. So what I see is that a lot of um, brands, brands tend to, or well, not brands, but just entrepreneurs in general, they tend to want to um, stick to certain rules <laughs> When it comes to communication and choosing words, because, well, that's supposed to be professional. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to inspire people to find their own way of communicating and their own language. And like you have colors and you have a logo and you have a, yeah, like a personality in, in, in photography and in coloring. You have that in language as well. It's a way to show your personality. And uh, that, so that's, that's different levels of using words and language. Yes.
0: It's funny you talk about the language and at a gym, I belong to a gym here in the United States. It's called uh, planet fitness. It's a lower cost gym. And it's seen as like a no, no, um, criticism environment, no judgment, no, no judgment zone. Like they've got all this purple and yellow colors. It's no judgment zone, all this kind of stuff. And once a month they have, and they're advertising this up on TVs, a Monday night pizza night A pizza night at a gym once a month. What the heck? Like it makes no sense. And there are Tootsie Rolls out on the counter. Like as you check in, Tootsie Rolls are these little, little, uh, chocolate, you know, candies. Anyway, uh, what the heck? And so that's a, a key talk about not your, your language. That's just straight up not matching what your mission is. Um, but maybe maybe it's actually genius because they're making you fatter. That's going to cause you to want to keep coming back. So maybe it's yeah. actually a genius idea, and I'm the one that's slow on the uptake. There, I do notice that uh, you're you personally you are you're you're just a little crazy. Like I mean, I'm looking at your website your hair's going everywhere, which your hair is beautiful, but it's just kind of crazy. You got this big smile. You got tattoos. You, you know, it's rebellious. You're, you're the language you're dropping F-bombs. Like you're, (laughs) that's part of your brand, you know? And I think what's interesting with what you're saying is that a lot of us want to play it safe to go, okay, I don't want to offend anybody. I want to kind of stay in my lane. I want to make sure, but yet you're telling people, no, 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 you got to find your own personality. That doesn't mean Definitely. you have to be crazy, but it's got to match whatever it is you're trying to do. And that's the case. I'm assuming that's the case, you know, not just for entrepreneurs, but we have a, a lot of moms who listen, you know, they're maybe organizing uh, moms clubs, book clubs, uh, PTA, uh, all of these activities. Language is important in rallying people for all of those things too, Absolutely. right?
1: Yes, absolutely. See the thing is what I believe, and whether that's in work or in your private life, it doesn't really matter. but one of the things that makes life interesting is people and the people that you hang out with so instead of uh, trying to adjust to you know your personality to just try to fit in, I always say, um, you know, just be yourself, not just be yourself and then some." <laughs> And, um, you know, make sure that you express yourself in a way that will attract the people that are a match with who you are. So, again, that if there's women, uh, mothers, it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or not. You want to attract people that you feel you have a click with, that you feel, you know, comfortable with. And um, like you said, there's so much people, so many people playing safe and uh trying to adjust and fit into to society and um that way you kind of ignore a part of you that just wants to play and be free and for me as an entrepreneur i because i value connecting with people so much and i love hanging out with people i want those people to match my personality otherwise that will because my business is a big part of my life so you know, I think I have a say in it, so I'd rather work with the people. <laughs> I'd rather work with the people that I have a connection with. That I can just be myself around, and um, I also believe that that way you filter out the people that don't really match through your right. language. I know, right. that, yeah, I'm not quite outspoken. I admit that. I deliberately do that uh, because I know that will help people to get out of that comfort zone as well. Right,
0: and so people also self. Uh, you know, choose like, oh yeah, I want to connect with her. I don't want to connect with her. I've also found that yes. I, um, I'll i go into a particular, I, I have a marketing business myself, so I'll go into a client that's a, more of a corporate client and I'll feel myself being kind of stiff because I'm trying to make sure that I'm playing the right role. And yet my contact at that company is like, why are you so stiff every time you come in here? Like, well, you're not the person that you are on the phone <clears throat> you know, like we're playful, we're like having fun, joking, around, you know, and then all of a sudden you come in here. And I think it's because I, I want to make sure I don't, you know, say something inappropriate, not that I'm going to say something wrong, but I just am in my head trying to go, okay, I got to play fit into that role. And I don't enjoy it. Like, it, that's not fun for me to be in that stiff environment. I'm not being the person who is kind of just who I am. So I love what you're saying. It's got to match. Um, talk to me about the 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 influence the ways that words are influencing us on a daily basis that we may not even realize
1: yeah massively <laughs> and to put it into one words our words are definitely influencing us massively because if you just um think of the words that you use yourself um a lot of the times we use words to define ourselves to create an identity around ourselves And just listening to other people and the the way they use language says a lot about how they see themselves. So those words influence, they impact um, the success that we can can have in this life. And one of the key words, uh, I believe, is the word are, just to be, basically, just the verb that. So... uh, if I would say I am a, um, I'm a copywriter, which I used to say before when I was still a copywriter, I would define myself that way. That was the label, the box that I put myself in, and that way I limited myself into um, just to, yeah, I, I just stank, stick I stick to that box. Right. And once, as soon as people um, challenged me or some, I, I actually became a member of the Professional Speakers Academy, realized that it was not about the writing. It was about the words and how words inspire. And that's a little bit more abstract, but I don't just have to use the words in writing. I can use words on stage as well to inspire people. So I broke free from the label copywriter and realized it was about so much more than that. So in daily life, to answer your question, in daily life, we use words constantly to label ourselves And if you become aware of how you label yourself at this moment, so um, instead of saying, you know, this is not who I am, maybe you want to take another look at that phrase and maybe question why that would not be who you are and maybe challenge yourself a little bit more. Just just the word is, this is not, or this is who I am, what does it mean? Maybe there's more possible right now. And we use that word... Throughout the entire day,
0: what are some examples of ways that people are defining themselves with words that yeah. maybe are limiting them? Limiting them.
1: Well, the example I just used. So, this is not who I am, or um, a, a friend of mine. Just to give an example, she's diagnosed with ADHD, um, and I. There, especially nowadays, you hear a lot of kids. They have autism, etc. So they're put in a box, and because of that diagnose, they get that label. And that would explain why they can or can't do certain things or they might not be good at, well, I don't know, uh, structuring or um, they need this structure because otherwise they'll just go mental, whatever. The thing is that that is only a label. It is only a label that doesn't define you who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. So labeling yourself according to a diagnosis, maybe a certain profession, uh, in a certain job position, um, as um, a wife, a certain role that you have, that says nothing about who you really are as a person. So um, even though it helps, the labels help for people to understand where they, how they need to see you. Mm-hmm. I get that. We We need structures. We need certain labels because it helps us to create an understanding of the world, obviously. But it also limits us if we tend to identify with those labels too much. Uh, on a daily basis. I am not just someone's wife, for example, or a friend. I am uh, I am me. Uh, I have certain beliefs and values. And even that, those values and those beliefs are, of, of course, not only mine. I have taken them in throughout the years, you know, and made them my own.
0: How would you describe yourself? Like, how? what are the words that impact you on a daily basis? Like, what are the words that are flowing through your yeah. mind? And then yeah. what, are the, what are the words that come out of your mouth? Uh, like, yeah you're traveling right now, you're meeting people, people, Oh, oh, you know, what do you do? Who are you? Tell me, tell me. And I think those are two different things. One is the the words that are in our mind and then two are the words that come out of our mouth. They're linked, but they could be separate.
1: Yeah. So, um, I will tell myself in front of the mirror that I'm a freaking power bitch (laughs) because those are the words that empower me and that get me into a playful mode. Um, if I would meet someone now and introduce myself or people ask me what I do, I would say I'm a word wizard, um, uh, brand rebel. And those are words that are generally, they don't categorize me necessarily because if they will raise questions. They'll be like, huh? Say what? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that invites a new conversation. So that basically inspires people to ask more questions. So what do you mean with that? And that opens up a new territory for us to explore together because it helps, it gives me an opportunity to share what I believe in and um, what I help people with. So that's why usually what I advise people to do is actually what I've um, one of the steps in my, in my ebook, just to, to, to name it is to, yeah, sure. Have some kind of label so that people understand. Okay. So You're a graphic designer or you're a coach, whatever, but also come up with an analogy, um, something fun, something that is out of the box, you know, something else, something different so that it will actually increase people's understanding of what you do and raise questions. You want, you want people to be like, uh, what do you mean with that? Because that invites, it opens up the conversation.
0: And that's true whether you own your own business or not, because absolutely it, for most of us, we're excited about something in the world. Uh, yeah. we're excited about whether it's our families or a business or a job, or even if we're passionate about a band or something like just yeah. that that little tweak is what you're saying. I love that word wizard or brand rebel. I, if I met you, I would be like, Hmm, yeah. Tell me more. Tell me yeah. more. What does that mean? Even when you tell me, what what do you mean by brand rebel? That's obviously your yeah. business. But when you say that, What? Because I'm the person, I just met you. What do you mean brand rebel?
1: Right. So generally, um, there is a story behind it. I will get to that in a little bit. But what I mean with being a rebel is not about being stubborn or not about going against society and all its rules. It's not about that. It's about finding your own path. It's finding your own way. So it's autonomy, basically. It's all about finding that Path that defines you that fits with you the way that you want to live your life so and of course because i work with entrepreneurs um it is about the brand but it might just as well and this the process is the same it could be your personal brand so we're all basically personal brands all the time whether we are entrepreneurs or not it doesn't really matter and I would like to inspire people to follow their own path a little bit more. And that's why I, instead of just being rebellious, I call it rebellicious because it has a delicious twist.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. so funny because you don't, you you do not come off like a rebel at all. I mean, a little bit, but you're just so playful and fun. And yeah, just, yeah, I love that. Did you grow up? Uh, not being a rebel like were you more of a straight lace kind of conservative background and this kind of is a way for you to blossom or how did that play out for you?
1: Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that because that's the re- that's actually what came up one of the reasons I chose this name is because um So I I grew up with my mother and my sister uh, my, my parents got divorced when I was nine Um, and a couple of years after my mom, who was in her early thirties, she was looking for meaning like we all are. I mean, it's just part of, you know, um, being an adult and, uh, she found meaning in, um, what I'd like to refer to as a cult. Now, um, I have nothing against people believing or whatsoever, but this was a quite dogmatic way of living life. And, um, They basically told us um, in the church. I mean, I was 11, so I joined. I joined my mom uh, because everything that my mom did was the truth at that point, of course. I was a young girl. Um, And we slowly got sucked into that life in that cult. Um, All my friends in school were worldly. I couldn't really, they were not really to be considered my real friends. We could not have a television. Everything was immoral on TV. There was a lot of restrictions when it came to just a pretty regular lifestyle. And um, I realized at some point um, they were very judgmental. I know that within Christian belief and faith, it is not about judging at all. It's all about love. And that is something that they didn't practice. I didn't experience it that way. Let me put it that way. Um, And once I, um, I I grew up and I saw all those friends that were supposed to be, well, according to them, immoral, or um worldly. And I thought that they were just awesome people. And I was like, why can we how can we judge them for not being uh good people just because that they don't go to that church? And I realized that there was more out there. And at 16, um yeah, it wasn't about being a rebel, but I just decided at some point um that I didn't want to go to that church anymore, but The church, you know, as soon as someone had their own opinion that went against their beliefs, then you were considered a rebel. Um, And I was, well, I decided I'd rather be a rebel, living life my way according to my values, even though I was only 16 and I knew that it was, those were not my values. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I said. So that is, there is a link with how they, um, yeah considered me a rebel at the time and me now <laughs> making it uh rebellicious yeah
0: how did that play out for you and your mom and your sister like in your relationship
1: yeah it was pretty hectic to be honest um uh, it, at the beginning um my oh, it was really hard for my sister because well, she was a couple of years younger and she was in the middle of that me and my mom just not getting along at that point um my mom of course well she didn't really know how to handle it either uh she did the best that she could um i will give her that absolutely but she was very influenced by the pastor in that uh, church at that time and he managed to persuade her to manipulate the situation in a little bit and uh that ended up with me being kicked out basically so mm-hmm. um i ended up uh, living on uh just somewhere else i found a room just with uh with someone else so uh that was, um, that was the consequence. and um, so you, it has, literally,
0: you literally were kicked out of your home at 16 because yeah, of I, re- religious uh, issues.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I just turned 17. I was 17 at the time. Uh, so, yeah. Yes.
0: Wow. So you've lived on your own <laughs> since you're 17. Yeah.
1: yeah. I was still in uh, my final in my exam year for high school. So um, that didn't play out right because <laughs> I had to make money. Uh, to pay for rent, um, I did get some support from my parents, my father as well, uh, who lived two hours away, so I couldn't move in with him. And I got some support from my mom because we we never got, we never fell out or something. I mean, we were still in touch. I, I, it was actually, we were making it work. Um, and it was just, you know, you, you get into some kind of survival mode. You just do whatever yeah. you have to. yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, it's amazing how um, those experiences, you know, are so, like you're saying it with a smile, but that's just so painful. Like it's just so painful to go through, you know, that type of rejection, you know, in our lives. And it seems like my guess is you have just a soft heart for those who are kind of rebels or those who are outside of the 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 system so to
1: speak the status quo
0: yeah i mean have you you've you've felt that as you continued to grow and and uh get older in life
1: what i've always felt is that i always i've always followed my own path i've always had um uh, opinions about certain topics that were not very mainstream um and um i yeah you know i've never really felt like an outsider at all just me just doing my thing You know, I've never felt, I I did feel judged as soon as I left that cult, that I did feel. I mean, I was basically shunned because I was, of course, now the rebel and people shouldn't, I mean, they were judging me. I mean, Mm -hmm. they told my mom that I probably end up knocked up after Mm -hmm. three months and within three months. And I was, I mean, I was 17. I mean, I was actually quite yeah, I was just uh, a a bit of a good girl, actually. (laughs) So that was, uh, that, that really, uh, I was like, well, how can you know that that's going to happen anyway? But it didn't, you get into survival mode and I kept just following my own path and doing my thing. But I realized only later on in my life that I had been playing safe after all, after that, because of that experience, because you get judged and rejected. And, you know, it's better to not speak up too much because if you speak up and you you say what you want, and you find your own uh, way. Well, there's a chance of getting rejected massively. So it did. It did impact. It did impact me. But um, I guess that, um, especially after uh, I, I was 27 when my dad got sick, That's that changed a lot of things around for me because I realized that you know I was blocking myself. I was living a very average life. Um, and I decided to become an entrepreneur then, and that kind of evolved during the years. And a couple of years ago, I decided to make a massive change. I wanted a different business model, et cetera. And that's when I started speaking on stage, et cetera. And that challenged me big time because I had to start in, before that with a copywriting business, I was telling other people's stories. And now, all of a sudden, because I was going to be on stage, I was going to share my story, and I had to deep dive into that story again Mm. and the impact that it had. And I had Mm -hmm. to, I had to take a close look at myself and that brought up a lot of emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The processing had happened then. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. That
0: is so amazing. So it's like you're constantly refining how you see yourself is what I'm hearing Um, was happening. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that's a constant process. And I think that, um, being, um, you know, making the best out of life and out of yourself means reflecting on who you are and, um, and not just defining yourself based on who, on the past experiences, but also, you know, um, seeing how you can learn from that and choosing who you want to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that that's really important. I don't think that we're just, uh, a, a collection of experiences. We can also choose. That's mm-hmm. all about leadership. If you ask me,
0: mm. I, uh, have an online course called launch your life. And in this last week I was teaching in a module all about the path, the trajectory of our path of our life. And that so many of us are on the path of our parents, you know, that they put us on. And it's not a bad thing. Like, because we all grew up, we, it's like you said, you were, you know, 11 you were just following your mom. Cause you know, you yeah. assume she's got your best interest in mind. And in reality, she was doing the best she could with the resources she had in that moment. And she's loving you and wanting to do the best for you. Um, and so, but as we continue to grow up, some of us are inadvertently at 20, 30, 40, 50 years old, still on the path of our parents, um, yeah. or the path of a, uh, a partner, a life partner, you know, where yeah. it's like, you know, they've chosen, like, this is what you should do. Um, and it's like, what is it, uh, you know, asking that question over and over again, what do I want? What do yes. I want? Yeah. Um, I, uh, as a short story, um, when I was a kid, I grew up in a very conservative, um, home as well. Um, I wouldn't consider it a cult, but it definitely was pretty limiting in terms of the thought process. And my parents are very, um, uh, let's see, how would I say it? Um, Oh, I can't think of the word at the moment. Help me, help me with the word, Michelle. <laughs> I the word. Uh, utilitarian. Utilitarian would be oh, the right yeah. word. Pragmatic, pragmatic. Yeah. Um, and so the sense, like a sense of personal expression or style isn't necessarily a high value in my family. And mm-hmm. so I remember as a kid, Um, And I've written about this before. My dad probably doesn't even remember this. Um, I remember we were going out and I said, "Hold, hold on just a second. And I went back to get a pair of sunglasses. And this was the 80s. They were like red and had this crazy stripe on them and had this red like chain thing that went behind your head, you know, and I'm like in probably middle school. And I remember him abruptly saying, are you getting them because you really need them? or mm-hmm. and and the the assumption was or you just trying to look cool yeah and, and that left a mark inside of me even as a middle school and my kids are 16 and 19 i'm sure i'm leaving marks all over them so um <laughs> uh you know to go there's no need to express yourself there's no need yeah. to have something just to enjoy it just for personal expression and yeah. um that has been a lifetime journey for me of going, right. you know, how do I express myself in ways that are both ha- have a freedom and yes. a responsibility? So if I just have freedom, then I can oftentimes make choices that are like not helpful to others around me. But if I'm only focusing on responsibility, then I'm, I don't really have that freedom that that, yeah. that comes with self-expression. So it's a
1: constant balance, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love your self-expression. It's definitely loud and clear. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> Revelicious. Um, yeah. Okay. So if I'm going to start a new venture, no matter what kind of venture that is, whether it's a business, a group, club, cult, if I'm starting a new cult, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how should I go about choosing the words that will describe what I want to do? Like, what would that process be?
1: Right. So, um, I always take people through, a a, a quite clear step-by-step process because it all starts with having a very clear vision. (laughs) That's the very first step. You need to know where you're going. You need to know the direction you're going to, whether that is for a book club or your personal life or for a business, it doesn't matter. You need a vision. And um, I really believe in the power of words again, when it comes to that vision, Uh, I do have to say that the process and how you go about that is different for your personal life vision or for your business. But um, by putting it into words and asking the right questions and then putting it into words, you can actually feel how the words are going to guide you there because just think about it. When you put something into words and you're, you, you'll see the word out on, 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 you've written it down, you're looking at it and you're like, it uh-uh, doesn't feel right. That's not my word. Mm-hmm. So you know that you need something else. And I just use tools like thesaurus.com or whatever to find different words that would have a better fit. Um, but for me, the words are a tool as well. So they definitely give me more insight in, oh yeah, so this is what I want. And that is what I want because I can create pictures. People generally think in pictures, but through the wording, I can create the pictures in my mind already of how I would like the world to look like or my personal life, what I want for my personal life. And the more specific you are and the more specific you describe that, the the clearer the vision you have. And it becomes, now, in, in all honesty, for a personal vision, I would write a story and really get to, you know, be specific about, okay, so where do you want to live? I mean, what should that look like? What kind of view do you want to have, for example? And where do you want to go on a holiday? I don't know. For a business uh, vision, uh, if you really have an, an outcome for that, bus- uh, for that business, you want to eventually tone it down to one sentence, because you want that vision to be marked in your own brain as well as in your staff's brain, and everybody mm-hmm. should have that same idea, that same vision, and should be able to just, you know, uh, mm-hmm. voice it if, if necessary. So, yeah.
0: The um, I was watching a video that you put out some time ago where you talked about the power of adjectives and yeah. the power of describing. You used the example of a table. So let's just say yeah. you're selling a table. So yeah. if I'm I doubt many people who are listening are selling tables unless they're selling an extra one on Craigslist or something on the website. Uh, That's a used website here in the United States. I don't know. Do you guys have Craigslist there?
1: um, We actually have our own versions of it. Bob's list. Yeah, Yeah, Mark Blatt's.
0: There you go. So, uh, uh, so if I'm talking about a table, like let's just go with this example, just to give the idea for a moment, if I'm selling a table. Tell me about all the different types of tables that would be attractive to a different audience.
1: Yeah. So, um, well, there is, I'm just trying to picture it, you know, and if I want to create a picture of that table, I need a number of variables that need to be defined. So, think of size, think of height, think of uh, the shape of it. Those are all elements that you could describe in words already that will help me create an image in my mind. So um, when it comes to something tangible like a table, obviously there'll be a picture uh, uh, on the Craigslist, but if you don't have a picture, you want the words to to match. Now it's not just that because um, like you said, the adjectives have a massive impact. I mean, is it gonna be a really robust table? Or is it going to be a refined table, very elegant, Um, a nice side table, perhaps? So that's another uh, word, the category. What kind of category category would it fit in? Um, um, And in that video you were referring to, I was specifically talking about the the adjectives to describe the style. Uh, And then there's, of of course, colors. So anything that relates to the visual description of that table Uh, whether it's color, shape, size, um, measurements, uh, but the style as well, that will define um, if if people are going to buy it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And having worked in fashion and lifestyle for a long time, interior design as well, I would always pay attention to those details. Um, And of course, there are some of the factual information, size and so on, but the adjectives give the... You know they give a little bit of the magic
0: mm-hmm. to it and it's all painting a picture. I love how you said that basically the words are painting a picture in our mind
1: yeah, and the way that you can also do that with other um, something else than just an object is to use all the five senses so the better you incorporate senses sen- sensory experiences in language, you can actually put people in um like um, even an imaginative situation you can take them somewhere it can you can actually it's like a dream that you put them in through words um and it's it's wonderful what words can do they can actually take you to a different part of your brain so that you you know you start feeling it instead of just reading it mm-hmm. if you do that correctly yeah
0: so i know you've got an ebook available to us tell us more about the name of that and where we can get that
1: Right. So, um, it's called, what's your point, dude. <laughs> and the point is an acronym actually. Um, so, um, it's all about how you get your point across, um, uh, be very clear on your message. Uh, it, it, you can find it on my website, uh, beabrandrebel.com. There is an English version, um, at the moment, I know that I shouldn't be saying that, but they're repairing it. There was there were some issues with my website. But if I'm not mistaken, you can still just click the button and get the copy in your mailbox. And you will automatically then get, of course, the copy as well as um, a few videos to help you write your own point so that you can get your point across.
0: Now, on your website in the upper right, you, you can click on the uh, a flag. Um, yeah that, that changes the language to English. I was watching one of your videos and it started out in English and then you switched to a different language. And I started feeling like, wait, 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 am I having a stroke right now? What's going on? Yeah. Am I having a stroke. I thought she was in and you speak in both languages. You just yeah. go back and forth. Yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's, but to be honest, I've, uh, ever since I was 13, um, I, I was one of the first in my country to do a bilingual education. It was a very new thing. And right now it's a little bit more mainstream, but at that time it was just an experiment of uh, allowing kids to um, just get like 50% of all subjects in English. So half, half of my school time was all speaking English. So that was, uh, I'm very happy that I was one of the first uh, to, to do that and get that opportunity. So it's, it's a natural thing for me, basically.
0: That's great. And if there is a brand, uh, someone who's um, uh, listening, who owns a company or works with a company in terms of their marketing department, and they want to work with you, I'm assuming you'll work with people no matter where they are in the globe. Uh, Is that true?
1: Well, that is uh, even, yeah, it's getting more and more true. I've just, uh, I've been working with some people in Scotland and England, um, of course, in the Netherlands. um, And I've actually, I've just been to Florida to speak on stage um, in front of, um, yeah, number of 120 people. And I know that there's going to (laughs) be people uh, I'll be working with in the future as well. So generally a one-to-one with me you know really doing the brand strategy and so on well that would take up a lot of time but I'm currently working on I already have an international course that's available in English so that's the way that I can scale up my time and allow people everywhere in the world to work with me so that's through my online academy well I don't have to explain you you have that as well of course yeah
0: that's great well we'll make sure what's the name of that just so people have it in their mind
1: yeah. So that would be the course that I have online right now is the how to create compelling content for your brand. So that it would be, uh, I'm, I've just launched it. We're updating the sales page and, um, it's going to be online really soon via brand That's basically, basically where you can find anything. And, um, yeah, that's it. And it's available in English. And,
0: uh... great. so we'll uh, link to that in the show notes and make sure that people have access to that and the ebook. So, Michelle, thank you so much for not only talking about words, but part of your story and how that's impacted the way that you see yourself. And I think there's so much that we can learn from that. So thank you. Thank you.
1: I was very honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me.
0: I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Michelle today. And if you'd like to learn more about how she can help your brand, go to BeABrandRebel.com. That's BeABrandRebel.com. You can also find all of her links social media links in our show notes or at our website, insporising.com. Now, my guess is that something inspired you during today's conversation, and I want to challenge you to share that with a friend. Take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and text it to a friend or post it on Instagram stories. The way that most people find out about Inspiration Rising is by someone telling them. So spread the word and you'll be doing your friends and family a favor. I want to remind you as we close today that you are loved, you are accepted, and you are valued. Keep going in life. Talk to you next time.